From the Tag Creative Group Studios, Toyota presents the Pro Hockey West Report. The Pro Hockey West Report is brought to you by the Tag Creative Group, your one-stop shop for unique designs or that one-of-a-kind gift idea for yourself or someone special. Search T. Grand Rudd on redbubble.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, Las Vegas' best barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, or at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Behind the Mask, the Valley's experts for all things hockey. Find any of our three Valley locations and more at BehindTheMask.com. The Caesars Sportsbook app, an official partner of the NHL. The Spaghetti Shack, classic Italian food quickly in Tempe, Pine Top, and Queen Creek. Order online at TheSpaghettiShack.com. Top Golf. Go to topgolf.com to play the world's greatest golf courses and more, all in one place. Jets Pizza, with over 400 locations in 20 states, better pizza because it has to be. Find a location near you at jetspizza.com. By Toyota, support the dealers that support hockey in your community. Finlay and Henderson, Toyota of the Desert in Cathedral City, California, Peterson in Fort Collins, Colorado, and Desert Toyota in Tucson. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Book your stay now at any of our locations around the world at Caesars.com. The Pro Hockey West Report, presented by Toyota, is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. From the Tag Creative Group Studios, here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right. Well, welcome back, hockey fans, or should I say welcome back to us here at the Pro Hockey West Report. Scott Strandy with you tonight from uh, the beautiful Panera Bread location in Rancho Mirage, California, just outside of Balm Springs, where it is a balmy 106 degrees. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh, joining me from that beautiful, vibrant city they call Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen is at 106 in Las Vegas today. I can't hear Stephen. Are you there? <laughs> How about now? Yeah, much better. the the old The old mute button got you again. <laughs> Might be using the mute button a few times tonight. <laughs> Finally, allergies are hitting me, and my got a little, okay. little got caught up in my throat a little bit. But nah, not but, good. No, it's it's fine. But uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's not 106 here, but uh, I'm it's uh, it's it's in the 80s, I think, today. So it's not too bad. That is uh, that's good news. It's, it's uh, hockey weather. It's playoff hockey weather for sure. Yeah, 106. I call it that here in Coachella Valley. We're going to get yeah. to all the AHL stuff, all the NHL stuff, all of that good stuff. Um, as you know, Stephen, last week was uh, very eventful for us. Uh, our, our executive producer had some uh, medical issues uh, that kept us off the air and, and got her back to health. So she's on the mend, and we're happy for that. Um, also, um, I was here for four games, or three games in, uh, what, seven days. I guess Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday, or Friday, Sunday, Wednesday, or something like that. Wednesday, Friday, <laughs> Sunday. I don't know. It was a lot of not games. Necessarily in of that, not necessarily <laughs> in that order. You're not, in the, <laughs> All I know is Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock, the Coachella Valley Firebirds yeah. earned their uh, trip to Colorado. And I'm going to get into this whole thing in just a minute. But anyway, I just wanted to explain why we weren't on the air last week. And now we're back on the air. And I have transitioned. I was officially moved in 
uh, in Anaheim. So I am now 2.5 miles from the Honda Center. And uh, I'll be waiting for Connor Bedard to arrive. <laughs> I was just going to say, you're going to be right there, front row seat for the uh, Connor Bedard <laughs> arrival when that happens. Cross your fingers. I'm hoping that the, the Ducks see me as a, a valuable partner well, and give me a credential, a lot like what you have with the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, I still don't know how that happens. But <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, you know, when you moved to when you when you had your stint in, in Colorado, and you when you were around you didn't go you didn't cover the the abs but you were around them they ended up winning a a, a Stanley Cup and and uh, and so now you're going to be in Anaheim of course Denver Pioneers the NCAA champs that year too so and so it was so maybe now you move to Anaheim and that means uh, I got to put some money down on the Anaheim Ducks to win the Stanley Cup next year <laughs> no don't do that yet don't do that yet don't do that yet anyway uh, I'm gonna put down my whole salary on this uh, <laughs> okay, on the Ducks. okay go ahead <laughs> my, current, down. my current my current salary my current salary put it down put <laughs> the it pennies down. that I'm making <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you might win a hundred times on that anyway. Uh, anyway, um, so so that's where I got in last night about 9.30 into Anaheim. Uh, we're doing the extended stay thing for three months, I believe, 96 days to be exact, before we moved into an apartment complex. It's just the way things worked out. But um, So I'm about two blocks from the entrance to uh, Disney World. Uh, they gave me a room on the top floor, four stories up, by the way, that uh, you can see the fireworks, I'm told. Uh, from Disneyland when they go off, so who knows? We'll and, see. And maybe, uh, and maybe a uh, maybe a Shohei Otani uh, fly uh, home run ball will will go all the way your way there. Too much. <laughs> Boy, that was close last night. I, I we came in right as the game was ending, apparently, but uh, traffic wasn't as bad as I thought. Um, I was expecting the worst and and got kind of the best, I think. But I think because they were playing the A's, probably. Yeah, that could be part of it. Uh, and they're playing the right Vegas now as we A's? speak. <laughs> yeah, soon to be Las Vegas A's, exactly. Okay. Just checking, just checking. Anyway, uh, so back in uh, in uh, Coachella Valley, as I said, at Rancho Mirage, uh, really working hard to get a par- uh, partnership with the Panera Bread people because they've been great, giving us a great internet connection, allowing us to podcast on the road. So who knows? Maybe we sign a, a nice deal with Panera to, uh, to kind of work together here because they're all over the place. and. Great food, great drinks. I give them a little plug say free, as well. Free Panera bread? That couldn't be. That wouldn't be too bad. No, it, I, it I, I would. I would. I would force myself to scarf it down every once in a while. I figured you could. I figured you could. <laughs> It'd be tough. It'd be tough, but I. <laughs> I get it. I'd get it down somehow. Okay, so uh, you and I worked on a little bit of the rundown. Thank you for sending me the uh, the stuff that I conveyed to you uh, via text. And here's the way it's going to go. Um, we're going to talk about the the first round series and how um, the teams got where they are. Uh, I have a, a little sound from Joey Decord, Cole Lind, and and Coach Dan Bilesma that I got last Sunday night um, that I will play for you. Um, but before we do that, uh, one thing I and I'm kind of jumping ahead a minute, but I just got to get this out because I want people to think about this as they're listening to how these teams got here. Um, the the Wranglers got the bye first round. So they've been sitting around waiting to play. Steven, they chose to play two games at home and if necessary, three on the road. Coachella Valley Firebirds chose to do the opposite. They chose (laughs) to go on the road for two games, come back and play three games at home. And boy, I, I, I remember talking. last year, Colorado. Remember last yeah. year when they tried to do that with Colorado and how it worked out. <laughs> yeah. So I was talking uh, with people there, and I was going like, and that wasn't that wasn't uh, Coachella Valley, of course, because they didn't have a team last year. Right. But, it was another. It was another team that did that. Yeah. Yeah. 
but anyway, so, so I was thinking, man, what's the thinking behind that? And, uh, and I think coach Bilesma Bilesma will tell me, um, when everything gets wrapped up, but, um, to make a long story short, it worked out for both the number one, the number two seed because Calgary got an overtime win at home. And, uh, the uh, Coachella Valley Firebirds just pretty much destroyed Colorado on their own ice. Well, it, it worked out for game one, at least for, for Calgary. Abbotsford still can be in the driver's seat if they can take game two and split the two in Calgary. Then they're going to Abbotsford for the three. It becomes like a best of three like it was the last round, and all the games will be in Abbotsford. So still, Or, or if they don't split, they could win all three in Abbotsford and still win could, the thing. They could do that, yeah, but it's very tough to do that. It'll be very tough to do that against Calgary. So I think Calgary, which last year was Stockton, which also did make the, made these same decisions when they were making the run, and, and they they did choose to host the first two games, I think, uh, last year with, with Colorado when, when it was those two teams in the in the division final, I believe, and, and it worked out for Stockton. They ended up taking advantage of that and, and I think ended up winning both games in Stockton, and then, then they had only win one in, in Colorado, and, and that's a lot easier to do than winning than – winning, uh, what letting having to win multiple times if you if you do the you know if you split or you don't win any of the games so um it's it's an interesting thing they do that because of the travel and they do that because of uh of that and the cost and stuff and trying to get these series done i guess although they're kind of spread out a little bit for some of them but um I, i'm interested in the calgary and, and abbotsford one because you know they're kind of close to each other i mean they're both up there in western canada so it's not terrible well but I, and I, I want to ask Dan Bilesma how much the uh, home ice for three possibility of three games meant to them because um, they played last night in Colorado. They play again tonight in Colorado. And then game three will be Sunday afternoon. And if necessary, four and five will be Wednesday, Friday. So um, if you're talking revenue, it's perfect for Coachella Valley. If they were to go five games, for example, they're going to have a Sunday afternoon crowd. Uh, which, of course, is coinciding with uh, Stagecoach going on over here now. Which they had last week <laughs> with, with Coachella Festival going on. Yeah, yeah. This week it's country. It's all Stagecoach, 100 acts. Anyway. I expect, done, I expect, your, pictures from, I expect <laughs> your pictures from the front rows. Uh, no, you won't. Stagecoach no, you won't this see weekend. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so Wednesday night will be, um, uh, would, would be a, a game four if necessary. And then Friday night would be a game five. So I think Coachella Valley likes that. I don't know how much that played in or if Dan just wanted to get out and see if he could split, knowing that he was going to have a chance to run the table at home under the worst of conditions, which is risky. But, boy, now you're in the catbird seat. So, okay, we'll get to that in a minute. Let's talk recap. The first-round series, Calgary, of course, had the bye. Uh, I saw Coachella Valley in Tucson. And maybe now is a great way, or a great time to play a couple of clips for people so they can hear um, exactly what was going on. Of course, I had them all set up. It's going to take me a minute. So, well, before you, okay, well, while you do that, let's talk about how it went down. So, Coachella Valley won that series two games to one. Uh, if I look back at that uh, series, uh, the first game, Coachella Valley won handily five to one. And then the uh, Friday game, the 21st, Tucson actually came back and, and won against Coachella Valley four to three. Uh, and then, and then two, and then the Sunday game, Coachella Valley got off to a really strong start. They, I think they woke up. I, I think they, uh, the the three goal first period that Tucson scored in game two really, uh, really shocked the, uh, you know the 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 veins of the uh, of Coachella Valley. Like what what is happening here? And they ended up they ended up fighting back close, but they ended up losing. So 
uh, they came out very strong in game three and got four goals in the first period in that Sunday matchup, eventually winning that game by a score of five to one, um, winning handily there. And people like uh, Shane Wright getting a good goal in, that, in the third game, Cole Lynn, uh, Veal Petman, Ty Carte, who we're going to talk about later, who's uh, been on to bigger things right now, but uh, he did get a goal in, the, in, that, uh, in that third game of the series with Tucson and uh, Cole Lind uh, as well. So all, all guys have been contributing this year are, made a big difference in, in that deciding game. But I, I think that that second game when Tucson came out the way they did and, and they ended up holding on, I think that, I think that probably woke up to uh, us. This isn't going to be as easy as we think it's going to be. They have to, you know, you, you still got to go out and play your best and, and every night and, 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 and win. And they certainly did that. So now they've moved on. But let me tell you the behind the scenes story. Of yeah, that. you were there. So you have you, a little bit more insight on it. You know, I normally don't go, as you know, into the losing locker room after a game, because I, I feel like you're not going to get much constructive out of there. They're frustrated. They're angry. Uh, I tried to get to coach Steve Potvin, but I couldn't get to him after the game um, due to security reasons and everything they had. Um, it, it's different at Coachella Valley right now for the visiting team. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to go into this locker room. And I didn't know what I was, I kind of knew what I was going to get, but I didn't know for sure. And I talked to Coach Bilesma and, um, and I said, you know, what, what did you take out of this? And he goes, or I said, first I said, how was the locker room? And he said, they're pissed. And I said, really? And he said, I said, what did you take away from it? And he said, well, I'll tell you what we took away from it. I said, he said, we can't um, just go out and knowing that we had two games to win one, uh, we have to win every game we play. We can't let a team take it to us. And boy, that was never more evident than what happened Sunday because Sunday they were up 4 nothing. I think, after uh, the first seven minutes. It was ridiculous. So... As I said, let's take a quick listen because I talked with Cole Lind after the two games in that 5-1 victory for the uh, Firebirds over the road on Sunday. Here's what Cole Lind had to say. Okay, hold on. Let me see if I can get Cole Lind speaking to us. <laughs> The anticipation is just, uh, well, there we go. Tonight in the fast start. I mean, I'm sure that was a message that was sent after game two, but well received. Yeah. Um, I think in the first period of game two, we weren't really uh, ready for their push. Um, and we knew our life was on the line and, and we came out and played a really solid game. I think obviously going up four in the first 10 minutes or whatever helps for sure. Um, gets us comfortable with the game. And uh, yeah, from there we, a solid game, didn't really get much up, and, and did what we needed to do to get the win. So when you go up four goals that quickly, is the fifth one the important one? Uh, I think pushing for the fifth one is. Um, you don't want to change your game when you're up like that um, and start sitting back because that's when things can go wrong. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we, we played with a lot of desperation tonight, and, uh, you know, that's what we got to do throughout most of the playoffs. What was it like in the locker room today being the first – playoff series win for this team yeah uh everyone was obviously happy um but we know uh you know there's still work to do there's you know the job's not even close to done here so uh looking forward to the next series okay steven so you heard it uh you probably heard it on twitter as well but um your just your comments on cole wind who saw some action with the uh kraken last year i think he's destined to be on that lineup next year 
Uh, I thought he's had a really good season, and he's taken it in very well. But uh, anything surprise you in those words from Cole? No, I think that's what you expect for him to say. I think, uh, you know, you asked him about the, the fifth goal, and he didn't necessarily say that that was important, that they had to get a fifth goal, but just pushing for a fifth goal uh, was important, which they did. And in fact, they did. He, he actually ended up getting the fifth goal and ended up being an empty net goal with like still like nine minutes to go, which, you know, don't blame Tucson there. I mean, their back's against the wall. They're down 4 nothing. They got to try something to get back in the game. They, they ended up countering that with a goal later on, but uh, to end, just to end with the four goal depth, uh, difference. But, but yeah, I mean, it's, I think, I mean, you got to keep pushing forward. I mean, it's, it's very tough to close out a series. And, and we're going to see that we're seeing that in the NHL and we'll see that probably in the AHL as we go along that, uh, that whatever it is, second game, third game, these will be best of fives coming up, best of sevens, whatever they, you know, whatever the series is, the, 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 the last game to win is always the toughest. And, and, uh, and in this case, you know, it was one, one series, you know, they were up one, nothing and they, they, then they lost and now they came back and, and, and came out and fired off. But I, I, you know, he's been a good player for them all year long. And I think, you know, didn't have to. You know, he didn't say that. Oh, you know, we have to get the fifth goal. You don't have to get the fifth goal. You're four nothing. Just push like you want to get the fifth goal, and then you know, and and just keep you know, but don't just sit back and say, okay, we've got a four nothing lead now. Okay, we can be comfortable now. No, you got you got to keep pushing forward because we saw what uh, Tucson had a a pretty sizable lead in the, uh, the 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 game prior, and Kraken did get a little bit close. So I mean, and we're seeing a lot of teams coming back from big deficits in whatever level, whether the AHL or the NHL level in the playoffs. So you, you never want to take anything for granted, especially against a team that's going to be desperate in Tucson as well as Coachella Valley. Both teams were would have been eliminated with a loss. So, Okay. I got a couple of clips uh, from Coach Bilesma. Uh, I will tell you as well that um, Steve Potvin coaches to win, even if you're down 4 nothing in the first seven minutes of the contest. He pulled his goals under Steven three or four times starting at about 11 minutes remaining in the in the uh, third period. So, uh, and we've seen, or I've seen, uh, Tucson come back and score goals and tie games down three goals, four goals. It doesn't matter. They play to win, and they, they, they'll get it done one way or the other. So here's Coach Bilesman, what he had to say following that game. Uh, the first one is kind of funny. He talks about uh, Cole Lind and his celebration, but uh, here we go. It's coming, I promise. We're loading up here. <laughs> oh, you got to love it. You just got to love it. Okay, let me uh, let me reload just a second here. Maybe we'll play the first one. This, but I thought uh, being up four, the fifth goal is going to be the most important. You know what it's like to coach against Steve Potvin. You know he'll pull the goalie at any point, any time. You know they can come back. What was your thoughts, and, and how important did you think getting the fifth goal would be? Well, there's your. I thought the the next goal was big at four nothing. Um, you know, as mentioned, we got up four nothing fairly early in the contest, but uh, the game kind of settled down after. Goal would, would 
decide whether the match was going to be uh, a tight match or if it was uh, going to be us going away. So the fifth goal I thought was big. It didn't come till later, but um, you know, it uh, I, that's that's what our, our mindset was coming out in the in the second period. Like it wasn't over. We had 40 minutes till the play, and I didn't say it to the guys, but I I, I thought the fifth one would. Okay, so you got to hear that, that uh, that that coach thought that was important. Uh, one more uh, try at the uh, the first part of it that I tried. We'll try it right now. I thought our guys did that immensely tonight. Coach, uh, yep. uh, coach Cole Lind comes out and does uh, what Cole Lind is supposed to do, right? Put the puck in the back of the net? I thought you meant the first lap back. <laughs> well that too wasn't bad <laughs> but uh you know part of part of what uh i think has made us a good team all year long is that we've played with we've played with a bit of swagger we've played with a bit of you know mojo or mo or uh and <laughs> yes <laughs> cole scoring is part of that but <laughs> um, the bird slap after is probably more of it I asked Joey as a goaltender, when your team goes out and puts four on the board right away in the first 10 minutes, is that a difficult position to be in? He said it wasn't. As a coach, is it difficult to, to be up four that fast? Well, I, I I can't remember exactly the time that was on the clock, but um, <laughs> uh, we, we reeled off, you know, one, two, three, four, and still had a, still had a long way to go. That can kill you off your mindset. That can kill you off um, how you're playing the game, and, and uh, that was really my biggest concern at that point in time. And um, but the the guys, true to form, they stayed focused on playing the right way and playing our way. And players and big teams come out in big moments, and, and I thought our guys did that immensely tonight. Okay, so there you go. You got a chance to hear from uh, the head coach, uh, Dan Bilesma, and uh, some thoughts that he had from the contest. Stephen, your thoughts on that? And then we'll do a quick uh, couple of minutes with Joey Decord, uh, the winning goaltender. Well, I think it shows what, what kind of experience Dan Bilesma has in these situations. I mean, he's he's been at the AHL level before. Of course, he spent... A lot of years at the the NHL level, of course, with the and had success with the the Penguins there for a while, and and of course now he's back in the American Hockey League, and and I think it shows with his leadership. Um, you know, if there's a guy that's going to lead this team first ever year uh, in the AHL, I think it's that's it, a good guy to have. That that this kind of experience be able to kind of navigate uh, what it's like to to play in the AHL, and 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 knows knows that and knows how to. You know how to work with the NHL club and know how the, the partnership works there with, with stuff. And I think it's it's showing how why they've been so successful this year. I mean, the the, the talent that they have is uh, is amazing. Obviously, they have a lot of good players, but I think the leadership of of Coach Bosma is a big part of why they've been able to have the success that they've had to this point to the season. And in the playoffs. well said. I, I and it, just to kind of piggyback on that, it's not just Coach Bosma; it's uh, Stu Bickle and uh, Jesse. 
Jessica as well. Yeah, the uh, whole coaching staff. Yeah. Yeah. And how about they, that? And, yeah. They've done a great job. They really have. All right. So let's. Uh, how let's nice jump. is it to have a, a woman behind the bench too as an assistant coach? That that's the first uh, for Absolutely. that as well. And, and and that's been uh, cool to see too. She's done a great job from all indications, to everything I've heard. All right, here's Joey Decord for just a couple minutes. I would have told you five years ago that there'd be three Sun Devils playing in an AHL playoff game. You would have said what? Uh, probably would have thought it was like Brinny and uh, <laughs> I don't know, maybe a couple other guys, Bushy maybe. Uh, yeah, pretty cool. Obviously, going to ASU a couple weeks ago and playing against the Coyotes was, was cool. And um, just now to play against Josh and uh, Colin, um, I still follow ASU pretty closely. So uh, they're both awesome players. Colin played against them a couple times this year. And um, I never got to play with either of them myself, but uh, following Josh, obviously, he's an ASU superstar now, too. So uh, followed along pretty closely. I'm a big fan of his. So it's cool to uh, finally get to play against him. <laughs> Anything said between you guys on the ice? Uh, a little chirping going back and forth, or no? No, no. Uh, Tyson gave me a wink. I didn't know it yet. Um, no, but uh, in the handshake line, I just said, uh, I said to Josh, I said, congrats on a great career at ASU. And, uh, excited to follow Okay, so there you go. That was Joey Decord following the game. Talking a little bit more about the Sun Devil part of it. Because, <laughs> yeah, uh, you, lo you love that part of it. <laughs> man, it, it, it's pretty incredible. And, it really and is. And that's what and, we've talked about before when we're trying to figure out, you know, when, we, not figure, when we've tried to, Think about what we want to do with how we present content and things like that. And, and now we're, we're, we're really in on the AHL now that these teams have developed and stuff. And, and of course, your connection with NCAA hockey over the last several years and, and with you and Bopaldu on that side. And, and I think this was the dream scenario. Like you see a lot of these guys come through the NCAA ranks and now they get their, their, their feet wet in the AHL and, and, and a lot earlier probably than before where they, they go right into playing uh, in, in AHL level. Uh, in some cases, the NHL left a really uh, high-priced F. So now you kind of see all these guys, you know, three or four years ago were at the college level. Now they're they're facing off against each other or with each other at the at the AHL level, and that's kind of the the whole the whole reason what it's all about. And and to see how these guys, you know, and and, and I think when we talk a lot about legacies of of, of NCAA teams, and and yes, you want to win championships, but I think it's a lot about the guys that come out of the programs and where they end up and what and what they who they represent and and, and the opportunities they get at in, in this at the big level if if they're good enough to do that and we're seeing that with a lot of different schools along the the NCA ranks to to get opportunities at the pro level and uh, that's that's exciting. Yep, absolutely. Okay, so Calgary gets there with a bye. Coachella Valley wins the series two one over Tucson. Uh, Colorado did their thing against Ontario and got a sweep right a two game sweep up there. Uh, your thoughts on that wasn't, series? Wasn't easy though. I mean, there was an overtime game, as one of those games, and and the um, uh, so there was it wasn't an easy uh, thing. So it was a two nothing. It was a six four game. Uh, Colorado had a big, kind of a bigger lead. Then Ontario kind of got a couple late goals to make it close in the front in the second game. But uh, we know how tough it is to play up there in uh, in Colorado. And and you know for Ontario, I think it's kind of been interesting because they kind of struggled the last little bit of the season. I think they really kind of. Um, I don't. They didn't. They didn't really like storm into the playoffs. You know, if you want to use a rain thing and storms and weather and stuff. You know, they kind of. You know, it was kind of. They didn't downpour into the playoffs. <laughs> no, no, it's more like a spritzel or something. You know, so. Okay. I mean, Bristle. I saw. I, I saw a fog. And, and some of that might be the the fact. Marine that they, layer. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loma Marine Lake, which which they know, but you're gonna see a lot of it if, if you could be by the beach. Saw there, it this but... morning, my friend. <laughs> yes, uh, but yeah, I mean it's uh, it's you know, I mean it's Colorado's a good a good team, and and they're very good at home, and uh, so I think it was not a total surprise that uh, Colorado was gonna win that series. Um, I we saw I saw person last year when when Henderson went in, into there and and uh, they. They fought hard and it made it competitive, but they just they couldn't match what Colorado has, and it's a lot of the same, the same guys. Uh, they've they've changed. Obviously, every team kind of goes through that every year, but but it's a it's a lot of the same same kind of characters, and and they're and that they, that's why they moved on. Although they have a real tough test in the, in this round that they have now, uh, with with Coachella Valley, but um, but yeah, they at least they were able to to advance. And for Ontario again, like I said, you know they they kind of started off pretty good, and then the last later part of the season it kind of was a real struggle for them to kind of get consistency they lost a lot of games down the stretch i think at one point they were like three and seven or something i mean they they really dropped down let teams like bakersfield pass them and, and abbotsford pass them and and i think that you know makes a difference because it's it's who you're playing and, and you know they, they went from potentially hosting games to obviously now having to go on the road and playing a, a tough environment like like colorado so okay and then the final opening round series was between abbotsford and bakersfield uh, in Abbotsford, and uh, I told you before the start of this one, I said if there's going to be an upset here, I think it's going to be this one. Not to take anything away from Abbotsford, I just thought Bakersfield was a team built to play on the road, and I thought they were playing really well coming down the stretch. They, maybe they were. Maybe they were the thunderstorm and not the rain. Or you, uh, uh, that's enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, and 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 they were really one of the the hottest teams in the division. I mean, you're right. Down the down the last. I don't know, let's say month or so. I mean, they they went from being out of a playoff picture and made a real push to get into as high as they did, which was number five. And and that was, you know, that says a lot of, a lot of things. And, and they were really good at home. Um, so I think that benefited Abbotsford that they were at home and not in Bakersfield because I think it would have been a different result had it been the other way. But, you know, 4-5 matchup, you know, it ended up being pretty even. But... Um, you know, this is a rematch of last season. These two teams played each other last year, but it was in Bakersfield. And so this year it was in Abbotsford and, and Abbotsford was able to take advantage of that. But yeah, I mean, uh, I think if it would have been in Bakersfield, it, it probably would have been a different result just because of how well the Condors had been playing at home down the stretch, uh, this year. And, uh, and so it was, I think Abbotsford's very lucky to get past this. I mean, they, they were the better team obviously, but, um, they were probably a little nervous because, I think the Condors were probably one of the hottest teams coming into the playoffs, uh, the push that they made to get to the position they were in. And uh, so kudos to Abbotsford on, on advancing in, in two two games, too, not not needing a third game, doing it in, in two games, a a two a 3 nothing shutout the, the first game of that, and then a 4-2 uh, second game. So congrats to Abbotsford, and they move on now. And we're going to have an all-Canada Canada series uh, coming up, too. Yeah, good stuff, because that's uh, after the break, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about – uh, the Canadian series, Calgary versus uh, Abbotsford, and the American series, United States series, uh, Coachella Valley versus Colorado. One thing we're sure, Stephen, the divisional championship in the Pacific Division of the American Hockey League will be an international event. There will be one team from Canada, one team from the United States. May the best team win. We'll find out in that uh, in a very short period of time. But um, we'll take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk about uh, the first game of the series, which was last night, there'll be a second game in Colorado, which is really weird. I, I guess it's got to do with scheduling of the arena that the uh, the game is played back-to-back because you wouldn't really expect that. 
But um, that will happen. And then uh, a game two up in uh, Calgary on Friday night. So let's take a quick break. Let's come right back and, and dig in more into this. We'll be right back. After a hard day at work or a long week, what's better than good comfort food to put you at ease? At the Spaghetti Shack, we say the answer is comfort food that's made by somebody else. The Spaghetti Shack has taken spaghetti and meatballs, the classic Italian comfort food, to a portable level. ASU alumni owned and operated the Spaghetti Shack is located at 6340 South Rural Road in Tempe and 592 West White Mountain Boulevard in Pine Top, as well as its Ghost Kitchen in Queen Creek. For lunch, dinner, or catering as well, call us at 480-687-2485 or order online at thespaghettishack.com. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. All right, still got it. Still got it. Who's old now? you talk about the best of Las Vegas, you're talking about the best of the best. So when you're Jesse Ray's barbecue and you're a three-time winner of the Best of Las Vegas Award, that speaks for itself. Whether it's the original location at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas or the new location at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson, come and savor our People's Choice Award-winning barbecue ribs. Or maybe just come in and pick up a bottle of our best in Las Vegas barbecue sauce to take home. Open seven days a week. You can order online at jessieraysbarbecue.com. And for an occasion that will be remembered for a long time, call us for all of your catering projects at Jesse Ray's Barbecue today. From ITHSW Podcast, this is the Pro Hockey West Report. Indeed, it is the Pro Hockey West Report, episode two of the new podcast format. We missed last week due to some medical issues, but uh, we're back. We're uh, jumping into things, both feet. Scott Strandy with you tonight from Rancho Mirage in beautiful uh, California, where it's a toasty 106 right now, just outside the Panera Bread Restaurant in Rancho Mirage. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh and that beautiful, vibrant, not as hot city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, okay, Stephen, here we go. Uh, the games opened up last night. Before we get into that, tell me what you thought. What's your predictions? What did you think was going to happen? We talked about the way they, the coaches chose to uh, to do this. Uh, Calgary playing the first two games at home. Coachella Valley choosing to play the first two games on the road. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't blame... Coachella Valley for for doing that. I mean, it is risky because you are risking the potential of losing both games at home. Um, but I think you you trust in your team to get it done, and 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 they've been good this year. Whether they've been, you know, you got to keep in mind too that Coachella Valley probably 
is the ultimate road warriors this season for sure because they they didn't get to play in their new building until december so they were on the road for quite a bit of time i believe 22 or 28 games now they had four quote-unquote home games up in the washington area you know where the the kraken are located but um but they they didn't have a true home game until december i mean so it's they were on the road for you know the good part of the, the start of the season so and they did they got, came out very well, and then part of the reason why they have a good record and and where they are. So I think with that, they were probably very confident in themselves that they could, no matter where they're playing, whether they had to start in Colorado or or start at home. And um, I think they they wanted that. I think I think they did want the three games on the back end, uh, potentially. I mean, if it goes five, uh, because you you are guaranteed that, and you just trust that you can get at least one there and split. And then you have, you know, at worst, you'll have a best of three with all three games in your home rink. Um, you know, I think a home ice advantage does make a difference, but I don't think it's as big of a as a difference as as it is. Maybe maybe it is a little bit more so at the AHL level, but uh, then it might be at the, at the NHL level. I mean, we're seeing a lot of road teams winning up there right now. So I, I just I just think it's the, you know, for, for revenue wise, or if you you know the, the, having those those three games in the in the, the back end of the series. Is probably uh, is good, and like I said, it, it, if you trust in your team and the fact that they were really good on the road this year, uh, and you know at home as well, that I think you trust that you can you can go in there and, and at least get one. Now for Calgary and Abbotsford, it's interesting because you know Calgary, you know they did this last year when they were stocked, and they they elected to have the first two games at home, and again you give up the the potential of finishing the series at home, but. You, you can set the tone in a best of five. You know, if you go up two nothing, it's pretty uh pretty tough to come back from that. I mean, you, you and and if you can defend home ice, then you'll go on the road and only have to win one there. And that's a lot easier than, than having to you know, to win you know, two or three. But you know, so but if you know, so I mean it's 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 interesting this both teams were very good at home in a way, I think. Uh I think it's I think Calgary probably feels it's it's more important to start the series at home and try to get off to defend that home ice and win those two games at home and win the, the go up two nothing and then just have to scramble to get one there. And for Coachella Valley, I don't think I think they they liked having the the option of having the the at least finish the series at home, what whatever that may be. Um, so I think it's kind of different for both teams, but uh, it it seems like it worked out uh, at least so far uh, for both teams. Yep, I totally agree with you. So, uh, 6-2 victory last night for Coachella Valley in Loveland against the Eagles. And uh, they'll play again tonight, as I mentioned. 3-2 overtime victory uh, for Calgary over Abbotsford. Um, Peltier gets the goal in overtime. No shock there. Uh, (laughs) uh, And uh, the Wolf of Calgary does it again. 35-37 saves. uh, 35 saves on 37 shots. How about that? Um, so, yeah, that's exactly what you expect out of Calgary. Uh, a tight game where they, they win it in the end. Uh, a lot to do with their goaltender. Uh, same way with – I'll tell you what shocked me, Stephen, about the Coachella Valley-Colorado game was Colorado opened the scoring first. Uh, Maltsev got the goal to uh, to open it up. And then the next three goals were scored by um, unusual suspects. Can I put it that way? <laughs> Two, two from defenseman Eddie Wichow, who uh, I always joke when I see Eddie because he's big, man. He is huge. He's got the long hair and the beard. 
Uh, Keaton Middleton style, if you will, from Colorado. It doesn't score much, but plays very good defense. He gets two of the first three goals. And uh, and then, of course, uh, Jimmy Schultz, the one-time Vegas, one-time Henderson product, got the other one. And they were off and running. They just never looked back after that. Yeah, I think, it again, it, it kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier where the, the opponent got off to the one nothing lead, and I think that this time Coachella Valley was able to kind of turn it turn it up a notch and, and and quiet the crowd. I'm sure they did not. It was not ideal for them, for Colorado to score first, get the cowbells going, and, and get the whole thing going and everything of that that happens up there and in that environment. Well, hold on a minute. There are cowbells in Loveland. <laughs> one one or two. Oh, okay. Did you one get one? Did you get one yet? <laughs> no, I, okay. I did not. I'm I'll, I'll my... make sure you get a cowbell. <laughs> yes, I can't Nothing wait. Nothing else. That. Just put it in your room. <laughs> yes, <laughs> can't wait for that to that delivery. But um, anyways, so but then they came out with the four straight goals. Um, I'm sure that that quieted the crowd a little bit. I'm sure that that was helpful. And and yeah, they they were able to they scored uh, six out of the next what seven seven goals because they got the four straight and then. Then Moxlev gets another goal in the third period, and then they end up scoring two more goals uh, right after that. It's not long after that, too, which can be a bit demoralizing if you're the Colorado because here you're you're down four one. You get a goal about five thirty two into the third period, so you're making four to two. You think, okay, it's still two goals. We're at home. We beat off the crowd, but then about a minute, a minute, uh, not even a minute later, um, they or the uh, Firebirds score again and uh, and go back up by three. So that can be, and then they score again. Two minutes later, so that really, uh, that really, I think, uh, knocked the wind out of the Colorado sails for that game. But um, yeah, so good job to the uh, the Firebirds, not letting them get down in uh, more than just one goal and able to fight back from that uh, earlier early on. Okay, so you talked about leadership early, and you said there wasn't a whole lot of change, and there was some change, like in every team, but. Here's what I think uh, when I look at Coachella Valley and uh, Colorado this season. Coachella Valley's got Max McCormick as wearing the C on his jersey. And uh, I've seen Max a couple of times, and he is a leader um, start to finish. When you need something, whether it's a, a, a big hit, a fight, a goal, an assist, a spark, Max McCormick is the guy. He's the leader, and they know it. Everybody in that locker room, there's leaders all over the place, but – um, I think, <laughs> I think uh, when when Chris Drager was down and I asked him about the locker room, he said, "Well, you just look around; there's a bunch of studs in here." Uh, he's 100% correct. Those stud leaders, by the way. Now, on the flip side, flip side of things, earlier this season, you know, uh, my good friend uh, Jason Megna uh, was traded to the Anaheim Ducks, and uh, Jason had worn the C there with Dylan Sakura being the A last year. And both of them were gone. And I was going like, man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who's going to step in and fill that role at least quickly. And I think last night, Stephen, and I'm not going to put this on either team one way or the other, but I think there's a little bit of something there uh, in the leadership role. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. I think, uh, you know, this time of year you, you rely on your leaders and, and the uh, Firebirds certainly have good leaders. Uh, the captain, Max McCormick, for the Eagles, or for the uh, Firebirds, excuse me, uh, factoring in the scoring in, in this game, too. He got a, a goal and uh, I think one assist or a couple of assists. A uh, couple of assists, yeah. So he had a big night. And, and uh, so they're certainly somebody that they lean on and, and make a big difference. So 
So I, yeah, I think leadership is is important, uh, and and not just necessarily maybe the guy that wears the C or the A, but also some other guys that maybe have been through this before and and can relay their experiences to uh, their teammates that maybe this is a new uh, experience for them, whether they're just new at the pro level or or haven't had a haven't had an opportunity to 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 be at this uh, to play for a, a Calder Cup or or for this kind of a championship. Good stuff. Um, okay, we're going to get into the coaching changes just a minute. I want to make one more clarification for people. A lot of people have said, hey, you were in Arizona, then you went to uh, Colorado, now you're in California. Why all the change? Well, here's why. Um, it, growing this company had to start in Arizona because that's where I was and that's where um, you know ASU started their program, and that's primarily why I got into this. Um, when I went to Colorado, it was because I wanted to expand our NCAA coverage and dabble into the AHL. And I had you in, in Vegas with an AHL franchise and an NHL franchise. So in Colorado, I was able to reach Colorado um, College, Air Force, Denver on the uh, NCAA side and the Eagles on the uh, AHL side. But then after a year of building things and, and getting our feet wet under there, and I still provide coverage. Don't, don't forget that, Colorado. I will still be providing coverage. But it, it became time this year to settle down here. Where I'm at now in Anaheim, Stephen, it's less than 150 miles to four, four AHL franchises that we cover. Um, that, that's almost unheard of. So I'm able to get to Coachella Valley, to San Diego, to Ontario, to Bakersfield, all within a three-hour drive or less, which is uh, really the reason why I'm here is to build the, the AHL side of things for a year or so and then make the decision on where where I'm going to call home after that because that will have our area covered unless uh, unless I decide to go to Alaska for a year. <laughs> no? <laughs> well, no, you... I, no, I'm not going to go spend a year in Alaska. Sorry, guys. Uh, I'll come up and visit, but I'm not going to spend a year there. Anyway, I just want to clarify that because people have asked me that, um, and they think that I'm bouncing around and and uh, you know waving pom poms as my co-host uh, on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday will say. I wave my pom poms for different teams. Anyway, uh, I love all the hockey. I love the hockey in all the areas. It's just a matter of where to grow the business, and I think my face, as uh, many would not want to see um <laughs> is uh is important to be at games and um right now it's it's important to be in california for the next year or so anyway okay new coaching changes san diego gulls um head coach roy sommer left the program retired the winningest coach in the ahl uh congratulations to roy and uh best of luck in whatever your future endeavors are whether it's retirement or um, whatever you decide to do, it did not take San Diego, the, uh, the, the AHL franchise of the Ducks long to make their hire. Who'd they hire? Yeah. And they've got a busy off season. Obviously they're, they're talking about, uh, maybe they're going to get Bedard and then they, they make the, uh, they have to fill the vacancy at the NHL level. And then they feel having to fill a vacancy at the AHL level. And, and they did that. Uh, they, they took care of that business. They named Matt, uh, Mac McIlvain, uh, head coach of the San Diego goals. Uh, he's the fifth coach in goals history. Uh, Pat Rabik, who's the general manager of the Ducks, says this about Matt. He said, Matt brings a winning pedigree to our organization. In addition to a strong culture of development and performance, our players in San Diego will benefit from his leadership, uh, philosophy, and his championship experience in Europe and in the international level. Now, here's here's kind of where you go from kind of like you go from 
well, you go from Roy Somner, who had all this experience at the AHL level, you know, he, obviously his last stop now is he's going to retire up there and, you know, maybe up there in, in age a little bit, uh, you know, in wisdom years at least. We'll, we'll say that nicely. And now you get a guy who's 37, who's, I, I still think they're pretty, pretty young guy. Um, doesn't seem like he has a lot of uh, AHL experience. He comes from overseas. He's got uh, five league championships as a head coach, assistant coach in Europe. Um, so he's yeah, that's he was, pretty impressive. But keep that in mind. That's only forty game seasons. Yeah, and then uh, head coach of the EC Red Bull Salzburg of the Ice Hockey League, uh, top tier uh, league in Austria, and uh, featured in just so it's, he also led Salzburg to back to back league championships in twenty one, twenty two, and twenty two, twenty three. Um, so he was also an assistant coach there as well. So, uh, he's, so he's comes from overseas. So he's a guy that's, you know, has a lot of experience overseas and comes to, to give an opportunity here in the, in the States to play it, uh, to coach at the, uh, American hockey league level. I'll read a quote from him from this press release from the, that the goals have on their site. It says, I am humbled uh, to be the next coach of the San Diego goals. I am incredibly grateful to Pat Verbeek for the trust to take this on this responsibility. The Samueli family runs a first class organization and it's an honor to join the hockey club. I can't ma- wait to meet the rest of the management, staff, and players. We are ready for the challenge to develop Ducks prospects into NHL players and give the fans at Pechanga Arena San Diego an exciting team to cheer for. He also yeah. he was also was part of Germany's uh, t- silver medal, the 2018 Winter Olympics, and Pyeongchang is an assistant coach, which was all, which was the country's first ever Olympic silver medal in hockey and their third medal overall. So this guy's got, this guy's got some. Uh, you know he's got some resume, he, but he did, he did, he did. We should say that he he did play in the NHL um, professionally from 2008 to 2012. Uh, did, before his career was cut short due to injury, he was selected by Ottawa in the eighth round in 2004 NHL draft. He did appear in uh, 12 AHL games with Peoria and Binghamton, um, so he he has some playing experience at the AHL level. Um, he also was in the ECHL for a bit. He spent four years at the uh, Ohio State University uh, at the, in the Big Ten. So he was uh, he played some NCAA hockey as well, where he was at 52 points uh, in 156 games from 2004 to 2008. So there's a whole rundown on him. So so kind of yep. kind of been all over the place, I guess it seems like. goes from he played at the NCAA, and then, he, then, he, and then he goes overseas and plays there. He coached there. He had some time in, in the AHL and the, in his career in the, for the pros and – then back over there, and so now he's now he's going to get an opportunity to coach here at the AHL level. Three things I'll say. Number one, I'm reaching out to San Diego Gulls to find out if we can get uh, a few minutes with them, or I can get a few minutes with them. Um, so we'll hope for that. Uh, secondly, is um, he's a, he's a young man, but he's a winning coach. He's won at every yeah. level. And I, and I just read all this, and yeah, I just remind reminded myself that. What I just said a few minutes ago, that he's 37 years old. I mean, this this seems like a guy that he would be like been around for a long time, but 37. I mean, that's that's a lot in a, I guess, what, a 20 year span? You go from playing, you know, and you guys go back to even before that, but college to the pros, and now he's in his coaching stints and over different leagues and stuff. And now he's here in the in the AHL, and he's only 37 years old. So he's 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 gotten a lot done in the last uh, couple of decades here in, in his. In his hockey, yeah. Uh, and when you life. say a couple of decades, that makes him sound old. He's only thirty-seven. Only thirty-seven. Allowed. Yeah, it's probably not even a couple of decades. I, that's because that would make him what? That would only make him seventeen. So I mean, yeah. So you probably even probably even less than two decades. Uh, you want to? Yeah, you want to go from college, starting college at eighteen, nineteen, whatever that is, to 
you know, for different for different people to going into all all this. So it's uh, we'll see how okay. it does at the HL level. We'll find out. Okay, uh, one more coaching vacancy that was announced up in your neck of the woods with the Henderson Silver Knights, and you know we got to get to the NHL stuff too. But uh, Manny Vivros stepping away. Uh, any thoughts on who the replacement might be? And is this a is this a Manny uh, mutual agreement? Is this a health agreement? Do you know, Stephen, why uh, why Manny chose to uh, uh, part ways with the uh, Silver Knights? I don't. I I can just. I'll just read what they put out at the time the Golden Knights did. They said the Vegas Golden Knights and Manny Viveros have mutually agreed to part ways. General Manager Kelly McCrimmon announced uh, Viveros, whose contract expires on June 30th, will not return as the head coach of the American Hockey League's Henderson Silver Knights this season. So he had a three-year contract, I believe, when he came in here in 2020, right before the Silver Knights were, you know, had been announced and the team was coming together and were going to play their first season. Of course, that was the... The, the whole challenges with the COVID and everything getting through that. Um, but then it says, well, we thank Manny for his leadership and his dedication in the first three seasons of Henderson Silver Knights. Uh, McCrimmon said that. And then he guided the club through some challenging circumstances I just mentioned. And we are grateful for his efforts. Uh, we wish Manny all the best moving forward. So it, it sounds like it's a, it's a mutual thing. Um, I think, I think for, for Manny, uh, I think, I don't know. I mean, it, it was, it was a challenge. I mean, he, he's obviously had his health, battle with with cancer and I, I believe everything is is a clean bill with that that he's he's over that but uh he obviously missed a lot of time uh in the not this past season but the season prior when he had was first found out he had cancer and uh, had to get that addressed so that took him a, a lot out of commission a little bit um you know from being right you know heart with the team and stuff the assistants did a good job with that um the first season was the COVID season so we had to navigate through that which was which had its challenges of its own and they actually did pretty good that year they had some good good players and and did very well in that you know in that in that year that didn't have the traditional playoff but they had a little pacific division playoff and, and came down to the final game with bakersfield for that uh last season they did make the playoffs as a six seed and uh and, and manny was able to come back and, and coach the second game of that series but again he was out of the out of the um, picture for a lot of the year last year. And then this past season, he did have a, a full season with the team, but uh, it was a struggle this year to, to get, you know, to get going uh, at the outset. And you know, a lot of times that may not be necessarily him. It's a lot of the times the, the players that you have. And, and there was a lot of movement around this year with the, with the silver Knights and, and with the golden Knights for a while there. And, and it was really tough to, to kind of get it going. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I to answer your question. I don't, I'm not sure what it could be. It could be a few factors. I mean, I asked Ryan McCormick about it, uh, you know, after the season, I saw him, you know, he's helping the golden Knights out now that the silver Knights season's out there in their playoff run. So I see him out there and, and, you know, he didn't, you know, he, he doesn't know, you know, he he pretty much doesn't know as much as, as we do or can't say maybe, but um, you know, I just think it's, you know, like I said, his contract was up and, and probably decided that maybe it's best for him to maybe focus on his, his health a little bit and, and making sure that that stays good and enjoy the time that he has. Uh, but I also think that he wants to just probably still coach and maybe we'll get an opportunity to do that uh, elsewhere. And, uh, you know, he's, he's the guy that came from overseas too. I mean, he's, he's obviously played in the American Hockey League. He has that experience, but he, he did come from uh, overseas too and a lot of times in his coaching stuff. And, and so we'll, we'll see. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I can't point one, one finger on exactly what the situation was, but 
Uh, there could be several factors. It sounds like, and we'll see what happens with the assistant coaches too, Joel Ward and Jamie Heward. They're still on the staff. In fact, they're helping out with, you know, keeping the extras uh, fresh in case they were called upon in the playoff run. So you still, you see them at City National helping that out with the, you know, the, the holdouts from the Silver Knights that are, are standing by just in case they're called upon in the playoff run. But um, so, you know, I don't, and I don't, so I, I think it's just, well, not really sure uh, exactly the, the the full reason, but we just kind of can go off what the statement says, and you know, it sounds like it's mutually agreed upon uh, to part ways. So, um, so we'll leave it at that for now. But yeah, um, we so, wish yeah. Manny the very best. Yeah, and Manny and and, and and as a personal aside, Manny is is great. He was great to talk with uh, over the last few years, uh, three years that he was here. You you had a chance to interview him. Uh, for the first time for us, uh, and when they had the opened up lifeguard, I put that picture out there and a link to the video at the time, and um, when this was announced, and and you had a chance to talk with him at that time when lifeguard was open, and how exciting it was to be a part of this team, this new team, and this new franchise, and and stuff, and so that, I think and you how always, excited he was, he was and he very was excited to be, to be a, a part of it, very excited, and... it got to be a part of, I mean, and and and, and now you think like three years, and and to be a part of 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 a new franchise. Well, relocated franchise, but you know, a, a new roots of the a- a American Hockey League in, in in Henderson, being with the Gold Knights organization, seeing lifeguard get opened up where they were going to practice. Okay, then they went through COVID, which is the challenge. But then, then they the Dollar Loan Center was being built, and so they eventually moved over there to the Dollar Loan Center after they had their stint at the Orleans. And so he was a part of that newness of the being part of the Dollar Loan Center and and being a part of that that crowd and everything. So and and the newness there, and so. No matter how it all you look back, and he was an integral part of the the the, the starting up of this franchise and guiding the team through these three years of of getting through you know the newness of of everything. So um, that's to be applauded in its own right. Okay, let's quickly get into the NHL. We're running out of time quickly. Um, I know I have a tendency to go on. And think, <laughs> it's been only an hour show. And I, this is what I really want to get to because this is the NHL stuff. This is where I'm going to be tonight. And before we do that, real quick, let's make that statement. Uh, I I t- spoke with uh, Ty Carche, um before he was called up, obviously to the Seattle Kraken. Scores a goal in his first playoff game. Congratulations, Ty. Uh, we joked on Sunday because they uh, well uh, Friday and Sunday. They ran a promotion based on him being Rookie of the Year in the AHL uh, in Coachella Valley where they gave $12 off because his uniform number is 12. They gave $12 off tickets, and they said, uh, boy, good thing they didn't do a Goyot because he's number 88. They've been given 88 don't anyway. <laughs> then, they'd have to, then they'd be paying people to, yeah. they'd be paying people so to any- go to the games. <laughs> so anyway, uh, congratulations, Ty, and getting up with the uh, the uh, Kraken at the right time and making the most out of it. What a great kid. Um, I, I did interview him the other night, but uh, the sound quality just wasn't good enough to uh, to turn out. So anyway, happy for him. Best of luck with him. Okay, let's uh, jump right in. Um, we'll go as quickly as we can. Kraken lead the Avalanche three games to two, which I think is a shock. Staying in the uh, in the West. Who had um, that? Who had that start with this? Yeah, not me. <laughs> not me, that's for sure. Uh, the Stars over the Wild 3-2 right now. Um and uh, let's see, the Oilers lead the Kings 3-2 to two, uh, in the West. Who am I missing in the West? Anybody? I think that's all of them. And, and uh, then uh, the Vegas <laughs> Golden Knights, we're leaving them for last. They hold a 3-1 lead. You keep close tabs on this because you're at the games at home, and uh, I know you follow very closely when they're on the road too, but um, what are the Golden Knights doing right this year, and how are they getting this done? Because I think everybody would admit um, Laurent Brassant was not their number one goaltender starting the season. 
no it, it, that's kind of that's kind of one of many like storylines that really kind of define this season i mean i know we don't have a lot of time but just kind of sums it i mean i mean here's a guy who who wasn't even sure i mean was gonna be one of the guys you know with logan thompson and then he he gets her you know he coming back from his uh surgery so he starts you know then you then you so then they have aiden hill and thompson and they start off really well and so there's no so when brassois ready to go there's no room for him. So they goes down to Henderson and spends a good part of the time down there to refine himself and, and get into game shape and helps them out down there and and was waiting for his opportunity. And then the goalie carousel started with Thompson going getting out and you know, then Brassois calls up, then Hill goes down, then Brassois gets his opportunities and he shines and he gets hurt again and has to stay out for a bit of time. And then, you know, and then then it's just become who's <laughs> battle of the sur- survival of the fittest at this point with the goaltenders and who's gonna not be injured and, and get back first and and he did and and he's been outstanding and now he's the guy uh you know and then they bring in quick and quick comes in and helps a little bit out and and but now Brassois it's, it's it's his net is with the playoffs go on here and and he's been really good and and Thompson's not on the ice still so he you know he's had some setbacks so it's he's not looking like he's going to get an opportunity this postseason so it's it's Brassois right now and either Hill or quick they kind of go back and forth between those two so yeah, I mean that's that's been kind of that's been kind of the main storyline. The fact that they they are where they are because of all that with all the, but I think that's a credit to Cassidy too coming in with his system and and bringing a fresh voice and and his system which which tends to be more goaltender friendly if it works to how it's supposed to and I think that's helped. And uh, you know they've been injured a lot this year with some of their players, but they've they weathered that more than they did last year and and now they got everybody back except for Carrier though he might be in the lineup tonight. He's said he was game time decision so. We'll see, but you know it's going to be interesting because now you have your full team back. Can they can they make this run now? This is where everybody was hoping for. You know, Eichel is starting to come out now as he gets his first playoff opportunity. Mark Stone is back now from his second back surgery, and he's starting to get back into form and, and doing what he does. And and that's convinced this Golden Knights a very dangerous team. But yeah, the goaltending is always uh, it's Brodeau is not an elite guy, but this is his first opportunity in the playoffs, and he's running with it right now. So uh, it's made it very interesting. And, uh, and and right now they're up three one in their series and and you know cl- trying to close it out tonight against the Jets not going to be easy uh, but the Jets are depleted they don't have a couple of their top guys so uh, the Golden Knights will definitely want to take that opportunity to to do it because I, I know there's uh, several uh, media members that work here in this area that do not want to have another travel to uh, Winnipeg ahead of them uh, <laughs> this week and they loved they loved the whiteout and being there in person but the travel there and back they didn't is like good, the so. whiteout outside though I don't think anyway. <laughs> well that, all that was good I just think that the, the 10 hour 11 hour 12 hour all day travel to get there and back uh, you know they don't yeah, have you the, don't just hop on a plane and get you don't there hop on a your pl- charter you don't have a charter flight like the Golden Knights do who can get there in three or four hours. But <laughs> so, and it's okay, not so easy me, to get to Winnipeg from what I understand. Let so. me give you a quick three points, and then I know you got to go because you got to go. Uh, but anyway, um, Bruce Cassidy coming in, I think his voice is a calming voice. You've seen him all season, Stephen. You've seen him in press conferences. I don't know if he's ever raised his voice. I was there in probably one of the worst losses or two of the games that were probably his worst losses, and he was very level-headed, very low-key. Uh, and keeping things in perspective. So I think that's number one. Number two is um, they lost a lot of man games from from key players. You mentioned Mark Stone, Shea Theodore, Zach Whitecloud, just to name a few that have gone down this year. And and I think my third point uh, leads into it is the fact that uh, the young guys, Michael Amadio, uh, Brett Howden, those guys have stepped up. Yeah, Howden and, had two goals in the last game to help. Yeah, they, the they guy stepped is, up he's and from, made the, He's from that area. 
he, yeah. he, he said yeah. he, he in 2018 he sat in the stands in the whiteout watching the Jets against the Golden Knights, and now he's playing with the Golden Knights, beating the Jets there up there. So I mean, th- that's just, there's just so many stories we don't have all the time for. But it's just, but yeah, Brett Howden is is emerging. Everybody has stepped up this. Sh- uh, that has come up. The, at, the Henderson, the a lot right of the Henderson times. guys, at the, the right Henderson times, guys that have come up, have come up and done and done well. Like Pavel Dorfeev has emerged this year and and has been great. It was great when he he came up and and contributed. So, um, you know, and, and I I think all that has helped. I think I I do want I I I know people always want you obviously want to make the playoffs, but I do I do think the fact that they did not, and I really do believe this that the the fact that they had a chance to. To have this that time off to rest from the la- end of last season to this season really helped. Although it didn't completely immune them from from getting injured, but you know I, I think about the 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 COVID bubble and then the and then the the really condensed you know going back to that and then going right into like a season a couple months later having that condensed schedule and and then the deep playoff run they made in that and then I I really do believe that it really benefited them uh, with with all the injuries you know not to to get in. I, I know people don't want to hear that. They always want you want to get in. And obviously Kelly McCrimmon felt they should have gotten in and made the changes they made, but they got the coach they wanted. They got the the players they want. I think it all, and, and the room is really great. I mean, I'm in the locker room a lot, you know, almost every day and, and they all get along with each other. They, they, they love each other. They, it's, it's a great camaraderie. And, and I'm, I'm sure every team has that to an extent, but you know, I think it's for some teams it's, it's, it's better than that. This team really rallies around each other. I think all that helps. And, and uh, and so we'll see how it goes, but you know it's going to be tough to close out the series. It always is, and uh, so we'll see if the Golden Knights can do that tonight. Okay, um, we got a lot in and uh, ran over just a few minutes, but um, well worth it. I will say as well uh, that uh, I will have HL coverage, and I know you'll be seeing it too. And I know you're going to have the NFL draft on because I know that football bug in you. You can't miss that. Uh, but you'll have no, I'm, uh, I'm gonna Vegas be at the, Golden Knights coverage. I'm going to be at the Golden Knights game. I'm not going to have don't, the NFL draft on. Don't tell me that you're get, <laughs> not going to have that draft on to find out what's happening. I know you better than that. <laughs> find out. Your, especially with your Packers losing losing their star quarterback, you're going to want to know what's going on in that Packer land. Yeah, or what happens here with the Raiders here locally. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So much int- intrigue there. But no, all I'm right. All, I'm all in on the hockey, man. I mean, I know you are. I know you. I'm just giving you a bad time. Uh, Take it away, my friend. From the Tag Creative Group Studios, this has been the Pro Hockey West Report presented by Toyota. The Tag Creative Group, your one-stop shop for unique designs or that one-of-a-kind gift idea for yourself or someone special. Search for T-Grand, T-G-R-A-N-R-U-D on redbubble.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, Las Vegas' best barbecue, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, or at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Behind the Mask, find any of our three Valley locations and more at BehindTheMask.com, whether you play on ice, in line. Caesars Sportsbook app, play responsibly at the only app that earns your Caesars reward points. The Spaghetti Shack, classic Italian comfort food quickly in Tempe, Pine Top, and Queen Creek. Order online at TheSpaghettiShack.com. Top Golf. Go to topgolf.com to set up your next business meeting or group outing at our sports bar and restaurants. Jets Pizza. Since 1978, better pizza because it has to be. Find one of the over 400 locations near you at jetspizza.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Book your stay now at any of our locations around the world. Caesars.com. The Pro Hockey West Report is live every week on the Podbean app. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. 
Help others find it at ITHSW Podcast, all one word. That's ITHSW Podcast, all one word, on your favorite podcast platform. The Pro Hockey West Report, presented by Toyota, is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. One other thing, too, we lost Jerry Springer today, and I know that's kind of a weird thing to bring up on a hockey show, but you know he was a great, he had a great career with everything, but they always ended his shows, as wild as they were, he always ended his shows with saying, take care of yourself and each other. So I want to end my portion of the show here by saying, take care of each other. Take care of yourself and each other. I think that's, that's an important message that he always ended his shows as wild as they were. And they were wild, some wild ones he had over the years. I think that he always ended his shows like that. And I think that's important that there's much that's going on in the world. We take care of ourselves and we take care of one another. Well said, my friend. Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, we'll say goodnight. Little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers. Hello, New Day. Enjoy the hockey, folks. It's playoff time. <laughs>